They say America is dead, but there's a lot of people lying. And there's a lot Four years and yesterday, the crime of the century took place and was completed by the United States Congress and the elite. President Donald Trump was set up and the coup was completed. Or was it? According to Lynn Wood in an address to the nation last night. Oh, let me interject right here. Lynn Wood has been blocked from Twitter and Facebook, as has our president, Donald Trump. But I digress. Lynn Wood claims that President Trump is in Abilene, Texas, at the military command station, where he is implementing the military to arrest those involved in the conspiracy and coup against the president of the United States. So go on over to Parler and check out Lynn Wood giving his speech to the American people. Now back to yesterday's events. Video and photographs show Antifa breaking and breaching the windows and door and entering the United States Capitol building. But the media doesn't want us to know this fact. The Trump supporters saw an opportunity and seized the opportunity to enter the building. Where Ashley Babbitt, a veteran, she was shot by Capitol Police. She was fatally shot and she was a 14-year veteran who served four tours with the United States Air Force. These were not rioters, people. These were not looters. These were American patriots who loved their country. And they do not want to see our great republic turn into a socialist country. Do not believe the fake news narrative. Now, while Congress was so afraid for their lives yesterday, they somehow mustered enough fortitude to to convene in secret and pass the $2,000 stimulus package with the abolishment of the Insurrection Act, crippling Trump at the knees. Or so they think. Trump gets blamed for what the elites have done as they've tried for the last four years, only this time they have control of the situation and the sheep walkers believe the narrative through the lies of the media. sounds like a pretty good plan, doesn't it? They're planning to crucify Trump as an example to show the Trump supporters what will happen if we continue to believe in freedom and our constitution. If we get out of line, we will be dealt with. And vilified with great fanfare. This is how communist government works, people. Through fear, not facts. Hey, everyone. And welcome to Around the Campfire with Kate. My friend, Jeremy Hansen, is my special guest tonight to discuss with me what we can expect for our future. Jeremy hosts the broadcast Unleashed Jeremy Hansen on Spreaker live where he's a true apolitical talk show host and his loyalty is to the people welcome to the show jeremy thank you very much and you know what i think we got to have that anymore if our government has shown us anything it's that they are not for us and and that goes all sides um trump i think came in i think he tried to do what he thought what would a president do a great president And he took care of the people, but the people on top decided that's not what he needed to do. You know, that's true. Um, Sadly, they want to destroy this country. What do you think about what's going on in our nation, specifically in Washington, D.C. right now? I think it's a fraud. I think that if you if you look at the facts, the way they bear out, not what the mainstream media wants you or either side, uh, there are things being hidden on both sides. I think that it's a travesty. I think that it's a shame. I think when China reaches out and says, hey, we'll give you 250,000 soldiers to take into D.C. to have a uh, a peaceful transition of power, I think that tells you everything you need to know. That is true. That is true. Do you think they'll do it? And, well, they better not. I mean, that, that would be literally treasonous uh, to bring other soldiers on our ground, um, aiding and abetting the enemy. That is the definition of terrorism. However, what we've watched pretty much since uh, Bush Sr. 
was the play on words and this transition period where everything's in a gray area and everything could be manipulated. And what we've watched, like with the the radical Islamists, is the way that they word things and twist and distort words. Uh, they can actually change the definition of what an enemy may be. So I hope not. I think that that would be a dagger. Um, and I don't think that they're stupid enough to do that yet. Uh, you said specifically in D.C., you saw a lot of patriots there, and you saw a lot of patriots unarmed and unable to use on, on a foreign battlefield. And if you take that fight somewhere else, I think there's going to be a completely different outcome. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, tonight, I'd like to talk about uh, Catherine Austin Fitz. Um, you're familiar with her. Yes. Um, for the uh, listening audience, uh, Catherine Austin Fitz is an American investment broker um, and a former public official who served as a managing director of Dylan Reed and Company and as United States Assistant Secretary of Housing and Urban Development for Housing during the presidency of George W. Bush. She's also the publisher of the Solari Report and the managing director of Solari Investors. Um, advisory board. Uh, Jeremy, you played a an interview from Planet Lockdown with Catherine Austin Fitz on your show three nights ago. Yes. Uh, tell me what your thoughts are about Catherine Austin Fitz, about the state of our currencies. Well, she's exactly right. Uh, for one thing, this is something that I've been talking about for a long time, and she poetically put it all together. Uh, there's a centralization going on right now, COVID-19 being one of the tools used to do it, but it's been going on a long time before that. One of the reasons that she's so right is when Donald Trump gave those tax breaks, it allowed the middle class to breathe again. So it allowed money to start flowing. And it's something else that you, you notice different about Trump is when he gave money away, especially in taxes, he gave it back to the people instead of back to the government. So the levers of power where that money went um, expanded the middle class, expanded local communities. What you'll hear her talk about is the fact that all of this wealth is getting centralized because it's it, you're more able to control a corporatocracy or a technocracy on a global level um, than you are doing what Donald Trump did. As a matter of fact, he was like the anti-globalist, and you're watching uh, – what she's talking about specifically is with this, I don't even know what the right word is for it. It's basically a global globalization of currency that comes off the gold standard. It comes off the petrodollar and it puts certain people in power from the deep state, the elitists. And we've been watching it with the trilateral commission and others for decades. Uh, she says that the dollar has been the reserve currency and the central bankers are trying to bring in a new system. Um, she says it's not ready to go yet, but the central bankers are trying to keep the dollar system going and accelerate bringing in the new system. They, um, she says that they, they've been bringing in the new system without anybody realizing what it is. She goes on to say that uh, we have a global reserve currency system in the dollar, and she describes the new system as the end of our currencies as we know it and not really a new currency but a monetary digital system uh what, what do you think of that well what she's talking about there is in china uh they've actually been employing this new system it's like a social media scoring system and if you have a bad score you can't even ride on the trains and stuff in china it's like you be good or else and what will happen is, is if you do something, if we move to the system and the transaction system changes, it will effectively bar you from things. And it's a way to control not just Americans, but people of the world to get them to do exactly what the powers that be want them to. Um, she's exactly right about uh, the American dollar uh, being the global standard. And it has been for a long time. We've watched people like George Soros, the Rockefellers. Um, the Rothschilds, we've watched all of them deposit massive amounts of money into China for this new system to evolve. 
She also goes on to say that uh, generally that the health care crisis has a lot to do with this, uh, that the elite control the masses to take the masses to slaughter without them resisting. So the perfect thing is what she calls an invisible enemy. Uh, like she gives an example like the war on terrorism because of invisible terrorists. And now we have an invisible virus, not saying that the virus is not real. It's just an invisible virus that we cannot see. Invisible enemies are always preferred, particularly if they scare people. If you can use fear, then the people will need the government to protect them from this invisible enemy. What do you think about invisible enemies? And do you think that there are more than just the two that she said? Oh, we can go back. And my answer is yes, absolutely. And I'll give you a few of them. How about climate change? Oh, that's a good one. It's a boogeyman. It's is it happening? Well, of course it is. We live on Earth. We know that the the climate is going to change. Asteroids. That's another one. I can remember when I was a kid, there wasn't going to be enough landfill space and we're all going to die from it or acid rain. It's going to you're going to walk outside one day and you're going to be nothing but bones because your skin's going to melt off from the acid rain. Every generation, we have a new fear, a new boogeyman that is used to control the people. AIDS was another one. I mean. Just over and over and over, we see this, how the people are manipulated, literally manipulated. Uh, there's other words I could use for it, but I won't. <laughs> by, <laughs> by the government. And it's not just our government. If you look, this is a global phenomenon. This is not an American one. To have it globally, to make it globally, this has had to have gone on for a lot of years. Yes, and it has. I mean, if you go back, some of the funniest things that we, we see, we take things that, that have a little bit of truth to them. Uh, as an example, zombies. We have medication that can literally turn people into zombies now. And if you go over into the Orient, uh, specifically India, those places, they have ways to take people, beat them almost to death, and then psychologically and physically stammer them into becoming um these zombies, literally. So they took that and they go, you know what? This is really scary. People are gone for 20 years. And there are still, I believe, Sri Lanka is one of them, uh, countries that literally, if you zombify somebody, they become your property, just like a slave. And you, you've watched people that have been zombies for 20 years finally wake up, snap out of it, and come home. So they take that and they manipulate that into this, oh, uh, they're going to bite you like a vampire you're all going to turn into zombies and it's going to be a, a collapse of everything you love. And people are like, okay, what do we need? Do I need a shot? What, you know, what do I do? And they have manipulated people on a global scale through fear. Now, just to point out, the Bible has one thing that it always says, it says it more than anything, and it's not love thy neighbor or anything else. It is do not fear. That is the number one commandment. That's I think true. It is. And I think it's because this mind manipulation and this manipulation of people has been going on since the beginning of time. God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. That's right. Um, Catherine Fitz also says that the second attack, the other one was a first attack. The second attack is to divide and conquer and that the media plays an important role to turn men and women against each other, black, white, uh, religion they pour a lot of immigration or immigrants into the population not just here but in europe and they turn the people against the immigrants so they'll need the government to be in the middle these are all ways to institute fear and to get people to go along with with what they want and as you can see it's working with a lot of people well um, i was ahead. one of those people kate I was one of those people. I, I used to have this disdain uh, for illegal aliens in America. I, I couldn't stand it. And now I've woken up. And, I, you know, if you're a Republican, you want the illegal aliens up here for cheap labor because you get kickbacks from the corporations. If you're a Democrat, you can easily manipulate those people so you want them here for their votes. And when I stepped out of my shell, when I stepped out of this idea of Republicanism still living today, and I started looking at it, I was like, you know what, if if I was in their situation, I would be coming to America because the politicians have the floodgates open. They make it easy for them to get up here because they want to use them. 
And I look at it and I'm like, you know what? They're just another tool of division and they're just trying to better their life. They're just like us, the majority of them. There's some criminals that shouldn't be here, but I have a completely different way of looking at it now seeing the dastardly things that my government does to the citizens, let alone to the new tools that they brought to the table. So how do we wake up the masses? Well, you know, we've been trying to do that. The problem is, is disinformation on top of disinformation. You take a, a, a business like CNN or Fox or CBS or NBC, and what they do is they'll take a little bit of truth and then spin it into an emotional wave. And make their lie believable. Yes, exactly. Perfect example. Joe Biden this morning, politician, immediately he says that there was a racial division yesterday at the Capitol. And here it is. There's people of every color um, standing there really angry about what's going on and and watching what they think um, is Pence and others uh, betraying Donald Trump. And it had nothing to do with race. But, however, Biden this morning to hide what's going on. He's got to start this universe of racism and how this is what it was to take your eye off the ball. It's exactly divide and conquer. And I can't remember the uh, the analogy for it, but it's bait and switch, bait and switch constantly. The wrap-up smear. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Well, essentially, what they're trying to do is get people to buy into a solution before it's ultimately even going. It's uh, what she's talking about is a currency that's a control system where they have the ability to turn your money on and off. So if you don't obey what they want, they turn your money off. Correct. You know, if, if you hear Noam Chomsky, uh, he is a leftist thinker. They call him the most brilliant leftist uh, in our time. And he talks about this all the time. He talks about how you can get people to follow you by doing anything. And one of those things, like she was talking about, was creating the boogeyman. If you mm-hmm. if you have a product or a system or you need to do something, you have to have an adversary. And then you use fear as the buying product or whatever it may be. Kind of like this. How much do you think that nitrile gloves right now have sold out in America. If you wanted to build a business and and you were sitting up there, how long is it going to be before we find out that, yeah, 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 you know, Fauci's best friend owned this glove company. You know, <laughs> that type of stuff happens all the time and it's right in front of our face. Um, you know, AIDS was another one, how to protect yourself. Pharmaceuticals, uh, big pharmaceutical companies use this all the time. Oh my gosh, you got a fever. Oh my gosh, you got a headache. You might have this. Try this pill and it's only going to cause you, you know, constipation and anal bleeding. You know, it might kill you. And but because they instill the fear first, it doesn't matter what they say afterwards. Wow. When I listened to your show three days ago. With this interview, it blew me away. I mean, she's talking about combining all of this, the currency and everything like that, with transhumanism. Um, and for those that don't understand, it means that you can take an injection that can institute an operating system within your body. So you're hooked up to the financial system physically. That just blows me away. Well, you know, um, Elon Musk was on a really famous podcast about two years ago. And he was talking about AI and he was actually talking about that specifically, you know, whether it's putting it in our our DNA, changing our DNA, whether it's in our just regular blood cells or whether it's like something that we put in the cortex or something in the spine. And he was talking about AI and how powerful it is and how dangerous it is. He said the only thing that we know for sure is that it is inevitably not going to be controlled by human beings. And so then I listened to Catherine Fitz talk about it, and it did instill fear in me. But I believe that this fear is real because it's always been the people at the top pulling the strings. It's always been the people at the top making money, you know, literally off of the suffering of other people. But this takes it to a whole new level where it turns us into drones. It turns us into workers. And, you know, a perfect example is... um masks 
Mm. Have you noticed all of America is different? You have people that are so scared. They, they don't know anybody that's been killed. Some people know that, you know, have known people that have. I'm not saying that it's not real. But what I am saying has been blown out of proportion so much that people are scared to death to go outside. And literally, if you start looking at the death rates and you see, hey, guess what? There's no more flu anymore. Um, there's no more pneumonia anymore. Uh, you know, I, I was going to make the joke, but I thought it would be in bad taste that I was going to say, you know, the four people that died at the the uh, Capitol yesterday all died of COVID. And I was going to make that joke and I thought it was insensitive, but I literally believe that America has bought this hook, line and sinker. And now just imagine if you are hooked up to a mainframe, just imagine if you can have anything at your fingertips. It's a scary thing. It is. And some people can call this the mark of the beast that the Bible talks about. Yeah. You know, I, I have thrown that around in my mind. What is the mark of the beast? What is the 666? Uh, the 666, I don't get the corollary there, but I'll tell you what I do understand is the way they're talking about this is that you're not going to be able to buy, sell, trade, which means you're not going to be able to eat or, you know, house your family. So there's a lot there and there's a lot to unpack. And I think that's, that's one of those things that's so complex. That'd be like 10 shows. I would. <laughs> Boy, would it. Um, well, C Catherine uh, Fitz goes on to say that uh, this will all be a centralized economic and political control. Um, and she goes on to talk about an example of having like 100 businesses on Main Street uh, declaring them non-essential. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> and shut, shutting them down. And then suddenly Amazon, Walmart, and the big box stores come in. They take away all the market share. And in the meantime, the people on Main Street still have to pay their bills. They're still in a debt entrapment. And they're desperate to get a cash flow that covers their debts and taking care of their family. And in the meantime, you have the Federal Reserve in the form of quantitative easing where they're buying corporate bonds and the people taking up market shares can easily finance zero to 1%. When everybody on Main Street that's been closed down has to pay 16 to 17% on their credit cards without any income. Correct. And you know what, what they don't say about the quantitative easing and the corporate bonds is the fact that those corporate bonds finance these companies to leave America. And when they leave America and they go to other places, they get interest that's not tracked outside of the United States. And what it does is it makes the elites even richer. There's a reason why the top 1% in the last year, how, how their equity has risen by 27%. And the rest of the 99% under them has all gotten worse and worse and worse. It's designed that way. It's not an anomaly. We can watch this over and over and over again. That's what happens. They want to stomp out middle America. They want to stomp out, you know, like you were saying, the squares in downtown. And they want all of them reliant on the government and they want the corporations that they can control. And I think that now more than ever, you can actually see this taking place. This is no longer a conspiracy. Uh, you know, I love that that saying it's a conspiracy until it isn't uh, because this is one of them. Right. So what do we do to stop it? The answer to that, very Good. complex. Good um, luck. I'm listening. <laughs> you you have my attention. Okay. So, so if you're going to stop that at its base level, first of all, you have to stop the politicians that are creating the pathways um, for this to happen, the transition to happen. However, what we're watching is we're watching Warnock, AOC, Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib. Those types of people are the ones that are pushing for you know what, you as American don't have a right to be an entrepreneur. You don't have a right to be, you know, living well. However, those same people are taking money from the biggest corporations. We have to stop that. At some point, America has to realize that you can't keep putting millionaires or even people that aren't millionaires that end up being millionaires. You can't have them people in office. So number one, you got to get the politicians out that are creating the pathways for this to happen. You also uh, have to realize that even good people, when they get there, can be corrupted, and that happens constantly. It is absolute that if they're more 
in two years in, I'm telling you this, they're either complicit or they're corrupt. It's one of the two. So we have to have term limits. And it doesn't matter if we like the people that are coming in or don't. It's better to have them there for a shorter amount of time so they can't destruct the world. You look at people like Nancy Pelosi. When she first got her start, she started us on this pathway to screwing the the American middle class. In 91, she stopped a bill from coming in from Visa Company. So they couldn't do scalpatory projects on the American people. She could have stopped it. The government had the bill there. She killed the bill. And then she got an IPO from Visa, so she made literally millions and millions of dollars. If you want to take it another step, you look at like the the, the green energy that Obama was investing in. Um, I can't remember the, the name of the company out west. Um, man, it, it's we, we invested tons of money in it. I think it was a billion dollars. Right before that happened... Nancy Pelosi's husband, three weeks before this failing company that's falling, invests like $3 million into this failing company. And then three weeks later, the American people come in, they bail the company out with that billion dollars. And we find out, hey, Nancy Pelosi's brother was vice president of that company. They all made millions when the stock shot through the roof because there was just an injection of a billion American taxpayer dollars. And then they got out and the company died within two years. That's how this happens over and over and over again. Transparency, term limits, and letting the people start regulating instead of the appointed regulators by the politicians. You think we're going to have that availability now that the possibility, strong possibility of a Biden administration? No. Um, I don't think so. I think we're going into the dark for a while. I think that we need to regroup. And I've been telling people this for a long time. Everybody wants to start change from the top down. And the truth is you can never change anything that way. You can change it for a little bit, but there's, there's no substantive change here. You have to start in your local communities. You have to get strong people and you have to build up because I'm telling you right now, the state I live in, in Missouri, if, we had control of all these areas, we wouldn't have to worry about whatever the federal government said, because if they said something and the people of Missouri didn't like it, we would practice federalism and say, go to hell. However, we have so many dirty, corrupt people in every state that they're always allowing this transfer of debt, first of all, into debt bondage into the people. You have to pay this, your taxes go higher, they're frivolously spending, and we have no say. Now, If we started at the bottom level and we just said, no, absolutely not, there are ways to fix it, but it's a long process. It's a long game. It's not, we're going to cure it right now. And I think, I I think, and, and I say this, you know, with a heavy heart that Donald Trump was our best shot at fixing it from the top down and it just didn't work. That is sad. Um, yeah. Um, but Christine Fitz was saying is that we're basically in an economic war. Right. Uh, that if you have an independent form of income, like a doctor, lawyer, CPA, and you have your own practice, you support the popular candidates that are running for office. And the way to shut down the popular candidates down is to shut off their income, which would be the doctors, lawyers, CPA, or the little people like us sending in a little bit of money at a time. That adds up. It does add up. Um, you know, if you take this at its base, we have a brilliant document called the Constitution. And It says what it says, and it doesn't say what it doesn't say, both for equally important reasons. Now, what I would challenge people to do is go in the Constitution and tell me where there's a Federal Reserve. Uh, Go into the Constitution and tell me. Uh, You know there isn't. Um, When you have blatant um, extracurricular constitutional (laughs) practices, for example, uh, Barack Obama allowed Taiwan to print $1 trillion. That's not constitutional, but we allow it. And part of the reason is simply because the American people are ignorant of the truth. And because we're that way, if you notice, um, I used to do this myself where, man, I don't know if I'm right. Uh, I'm not going to do the research on my own. I better find somebody smarter than me to tell me that I'm right instead of doing it yourself. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
so what can we do well, to keep our constitution? Man, it, it has been shredded, um, literally shredded. I, I watch every single day how the constitution has been shredded and, and it comes down to individuals. Uh, Enrique, whatever his name is, the, the head of the Proud Boys, he, mm-hmm. was, he was banished from D.C. while the protests were going on. He was banished. When and where in America does it say that they can banish you? Number two, you look at something like the Second Amendment. It says in there, plain as day, shall not be infringed. And then they start talking about, well, there's a comma here and a dot there, and it says the people, but it also says, you know, the militia. And they try to bastardize the language. It's time to go back to the original reading of the Constitution and stop trying to manipulate the words that are in there and just follow it for what it is. The first time that the Constitution was touched allowed what's going on today and what what Catherine Fitz is talking about was when they went in there and they said, hey, we're not going to have the representatives, the local representatives appoint senators anymore. It's going to be a free and fair election and everybody's voice is going to be heard. However, what happened was, is you have so much money in the Senate races now that they are literally legislating for the money instead of the vote. The reason that it was installed properly the first time was because our local representatives are easily able to get a hold of. You can talk to them. I mean, I run into my representative in Walmart. If I have displeasure, their life isn't going to be very good. Therefore, (laughs) they held the senators accountable anymore. Have you ever tried getting a hold of your state senator? I have. It's very, very difficult. If, oh, he do, he doesn't talk to anybody. We have Mitch McConnell. <laughs> that should answer that question. Uh, huh? I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, and and that's the thing. People in America, and, and Catherine Fitz touches on this, because of the boogeyman, because of those, uh, they look at government as, if I vote the Republicans in, they're going to save me. And the Democrats look at the Democrats and say, well, if I vote them in, I'm, they're going to save me. And I think Reagan said it right is, you know, people look to the government to fix the problems and the government was the problem. That's just like sending an investigator in from your own company to to investigate yourself. Right. It's like sending the criminal in to investigate his crime. Well, she goes on. Go go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that if you start looking at the things that our politicians have gotten away with, um, And look at it through a clear lens. Don't look at it through mainstream media. You know, take everything in its totality, in its abundance, and take it and disseminate it for yourself and become a critical thinker like we were actually designed to be. What you're going to start finding is, you know what? My gut doesn't feel very good about this. And you can go back literally decades and say, why is our money there? Why is our money here? We come up with things in our own minds, like the Pentagon has lost $21 trillion in 20 years. And people say, well, we just we don't have a right to know because it's black ops missions and that that's where it's all going. I know better than that. You know better than that. But the people have been dumbed down to a point where they just accept that answer instead of demanding transparency from our representatives. She goes on to say that the most advanced technologies with access to AI and software and digital systems, including through space, she says are dramatically consolidating economic power through weaker nations and basically the top 1% is controlling them. I understand the top 1%. I understand the controlling issue. And I understand what you're saying about don't start at the top, start at the bottom, and it takes a long time. Right. But what, what do we do now about that 1%? What do we do now to stop what they're doing now? Or can we? The simplicity of that is uh, is staring us in our face. However, you can't get anybody to do it because in, instead of paying a dollar twenty for the candy bar at your local business, you're going to go spend ninety nine cents for that candy bar at Walmart. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out who these big conglomerate companies are. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if you inject money into your local community, that that money stays in your local community and the people in your community benefit from it. That's number one. If you want to cut the head off the snake, you got to cut off the money supply. 
that's number one. Two, we come right back around to the um, politicians that we have in office now and stop enabling them with impunity to do what they're doing. Now, I, I just I just want to say, you saw what happened with the politicians today because they were so scared of what happened at the Capitol yesterday. They make fun of Josh Hawley because there was Antifa BLM protesters banging on his door, scaring his wife and daughter. But could you imagine if the American people, not Antifa and BLM, but could you imagine if the American people took it upon themselves to hold their politicians accountable, maybe in that way, maybe in other ways, but let people see transparently what they're doing and what they're allowing, like Mike Lee, the supposed Republican savior from Utah, bringing in 461,000 Indian white-collar college-educated kids to replace our kids at 60% of an American wage. If we have people like that accountable, that would go a long ways. There's reasons why guns are not allowed in D.C., and it's not because some crazy person might go up and kill somebody. It's because they might get cornered. It might turn around like it was back in the old days. Could you imagine if every single person in D.C. actually had a weapon? Could you imagine if the threat of violence was real, if you did something against the American people? Could you just imagine if they just were had their feet held to the fire that they might get embarrassed if the American people did their due diligence? And it's that simple. Well, maybe we should. We should, but, but right now people won't stand together. We will get to that here in a minute. Uh, let's get to this last portion of uh, Catherine Pitts, um, or Catherine Fitz. She describes COVID-19 as the institution with the controls necessary to convert the planet from a de- democratic process to, ne- to te- technocracy. I always had a problem with that word. What we're watching is the change in control and engineering of a new control system. And it's happening before our eyes. She says in 1995, uh, there was a division was made to move much of the assets of, of our money out of the country, and which went into globalism. They knew that once the money was moved, they would have to change the fundamental system. And after that financial coup and moving all that money, they needed an excuse Instead of going to the people and saying, hey, we stole your money, they needed an excuse to allow them to consolidate and change the fundamental system. And so now we have a new magic virus. What the hell's going on, Jeremy? Well, it's exactly what you just said. It's a control mechanism, the way they're doing it. Um, and the, the, re- the reality is it'd be really simple to solve. You know, Facebook caused most of our losses in this last election. You want to kill Facebook? Stop using it. It's that simple. You want to kill a technocrat? Quit using his product. Until AI gets in us, we still have a chance. Once the AI is there, the fundamental systems of control will not be voted on. They will be dictated to us. So there will come a time when we won't have the option to say, you know what? We're not going to use Facebook. We're not going to use Twitter. We're not going to use those things. On the flip side of that, people say, well, then how are we supposed to communicate? That is the job of the people to salvage the money they have left and invest in in certain things. I'll give you an example. When people look at shows like mine, like yours, like Beezy's, like a lot of friends of ours, they wonder why, you know, we're a little bit off or, you know, we don't get as smooth as other places. And, you know, maybe, maybe there's a time when we say something the wrong way. The truth is, is because all of the media productions that are out there like CNN, CBS, NBC, all those, they have millions and millions and millions of dollars, not only to make sure that their operation runs smoothly, but to make sure that it gets to the people. The problem in America is that they don't believe in Americans. They believe in these institutions. And that's what's came about with Fox and with CNN. They believe everything from there. And yet they have no reason to believe anything from there. Even when stuff is put in front of their face, when you were talking about like the levers of power switching and, and this this whole system switching over. When Donald Trump first became president, there was a, a, a big article put out with people's names, big people's names, where this person took this money from the CIA and that person took this money from the FBI to run stories that 
they, they weren't telling truth. They were installing a narrative. And the American people, because of lack of options and or and or they just didn't believe it, kept doing it. It requires us to change and what they're banking on to do this around the world is the human race not changing. That comes back to Noam Chomsky and putting something in front of somebody's face. Have you ever noticed this? If you go to a Christmas or a special get together, you will remember the moments of those get togethers. It could be 20, 30 years ago. However, we're constantly chasing, instead of chasing moments like that or putting ourselves in uh, in a position where we can have moments like that, we're constantly chasing the thing. Do you have the newest best phone? Do you have the newest best four wheel drive truck? Do you have, it's always about the things, even though the things that we actually cherish and remember are not the things. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. What, what they cherish and remember is the event. Correct. The actual time, the moments in that time. And yet, and yet, you would think because we remember those things, because we cherish those things, that we would be setting ourselves up to have more of that quality time. But we don't. What we do is we set ourselves up to be able to buy the newest, the best, the brightest thing. And literally, that has became a problem. And that is literally how they are walking us off the cliff. And the sheepwalkers are willingly going. Right. I don't call them sheeple anymore. I call them sheepwalking. I'd like to get into what you talked about on your show tonight um, of the the video of the D.C. police, Metro Police, walking in Antifa or the BLM prior to the Trump rally event. Okay. It's uh, it's on video. They're scrubbing it right now. Uh, Facebook actually made a statement. They were taking down all videos and pictures uh, from the Capitol, which is really weird. But multiple people have videos, uh, thank God for the cameras on phones, of them bussing them in, of them walking them into the area, while some of them were even putting on Trump bandanas while they're doing this. So basically they were doing recon. Correct. Well, I don't know if they were doing recon or if they were instituting these people immediately because there was something that was going to happen. You know, like, take your places, people. Uh, we've got a play to run. Um, I hate saying that, but the, the truth is, is that they were there. Pelosi made it sound like they weren't. Uh, the Washington Slimes, I mean, the Washington Times, um, <laughs> they actually had data that they sent out to a company that does facial recognition for the FBI. And the facial recognition came back and said, yes, these people are known BLM and Antifa members, but yet you can't get one side of the government to say, yes, they were there. Or yes, for some reason, the Capitol Police not only brought them there, but they opened up the gates. They took the chain off the gates and removed barriers to let these specific people come in there. And then they walked away. Correct. They walked, they walked away. away. Yep. I have a video of that, by the way, not to cut you off. I have a, a clip of that video, and I posted it on Twitter. And so far, they have not fact-checked it or removed it. And they can't because it's a, it's a real video of them opening the gates and letting the people in. And another video clip that shows officers talking to members of, uh, of what it looks like Antifa, I guess. And they're literally telling them to kick people and and push back people and make it look, you know, violent, basically. Can you show that on um, video on this show? Not right, not right now, no, but I'll send okay. it to you okay. a little bit later so you see it. Okay, no worries. So where were the Metro Police at the time that the Capitol building was breached? Well, what I'm being told is that they were there were some there. They were inside and they had moved. I, I know that there were some patriots that had all the exits covered. Um, I, I think that what you haven't noticed, if you've looked, there's very few places that you can actually hear who shot the girl. Have you guys had any confirmation in mainstream media of who shot the girl? I was told by a senator um, Amanda Chase, that 
it was the Capitol Police that shot her through a window, through a door. And what I found interesting, I watched a video um, that Amanda put on Facebook and the video showed, which I found interesting, there were police on one side of the door, police on the other side of the door, and maybe five patriots with the police on one side of the door and cameras. And I'm not talking cell phone cameras. I'm talking professional cameras. And the guy on the other side of the door specifically aimed at this particular woman and shot her. Unarmed, by the way, unarmed. Unarmed. Now, some people will say she wandered into a space where she knew that it was, you know, a shoot-to-kill situation. I disagree with that. Um, I don't know who was behind closed doors. I heard rumors that at the time they didn't even know where Nancy Pelosi was. One of them could have been in there. I'm I'm very angry that this took place in our Capitol at all. Um, But to see something like that and not get the mainstream media, and most of the time, if the cops shoot somebody, the mainstream media is all over it, especially if they're black. I hate to say it, but I don't care. It's the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think it would have been if that happened to be a black Trump supporter that was going through? Well, they probably wouldn't have cared. How about this? They probably wouldn't have cared. Right. If it would have been BLM or if it would have been Antifa, if it would have been one of those ones that they bust in. Correct. They probably would have threw a fit. Right. And they're they're calling us violent. But if you remember, there was an Antifa guy at the ICE facility trying to blow up a propane tank. We had uh, another group of BLM and Antifa that walked into... I believe it was the mayor's office in Portland and just started beating up um, the secretaries and trashing the building. Nobody got hurt. No, I don't even think anybody went to jail for that. And here is a a young lady, um, 14 year Air Force veteran. She's there. She literally thinks that her freedoms are being stripped away in this country, which they are. And she's in there trying to storm her house. Keep in mind, this is what everybody forgets. I don't like the fact that this took place there, but the truth is, is that that is ours. That is the people's capital, not their capital. We paid for it. We paid for it. Exactly. So she goes in there and she goes through a window, whether she should or shouldn't have, she has no gun and they assassinated her. Whether it was lawful, I can't tell you that or not, because in the mainstream media, it's very hard for, for them to say, yeah, it was part of the Capitol Police that allowed these people to come in that also shot her. What I don't understand, and I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, what I don't understand is there were the Capitol Police on one side of the door, and then there was um, full battle rattle tactical police with these five or six Patriots when she was shot. They were with these people. Correct. So what I do not understand is why did they shoot her? If they knew that the police were on the other side with these people. Right. Why is, did is they shoot her? Usually a breach command. Isn't there something where they, I mean, I, I don't know. I would think that standard operating procedure would say that these fully, you know, fully dressed riot gear police that are protecting uh, these politicians would have some sort of operating procedure to let them know if some place had been breached or not. It seemed to me that it was either a complete lack um, of leadership in the Capitol Police and or this was a setup. And I and I hate being conspiratorial, but I can come to no other conclusion. Well, I'll take it up for you. I don't mind being conspiratorial. I think it was a setup. I flat out think it was a setup. Um, I also there's a lot of things that a lot of people do not know or are aware of that they're about to find out. There were bombs strategically placed in the cannon building in um, other portions of the Capitol. And those bombs were found at first. They were, uh, everyone was told, Oh, these bombs, uh, they're non-threatening or anything like that until they got the bombs to a different location and they started examining the bombs. They were live, real bombs. They were poorly made, but they were still lethal. 
and see how, how can that this is what drives me crazy i don't see anybody that had a gun there um, i didn't see anybody either so if you're that good with guns how can, this is washington dc we're talking about how could pipe bombs get in and be put in next to the rnc and to the dnc and them not know I mean, I've Thank been you. to enough places that I know they have dogs that are sniffing, especially <laughs> you take in the poorly made part. They can spot them a mile away. I was I was told um, I have not watched any of the news on this because uh, I just really didn't want to get sick to my stomach. Um, so today I did not watch any of the news on this, of what transpired yesterday. But from what I understand, some of these news places um let's let's hit cnn or cbs because they kind of parrot each other um that these democratic senators or representatives were calling in and they were so scared and they're so terrified yet if they are so scared and they are so terrified why were they convening at the same time to vote on the two thousand dollar stimulus plan well you know, I've kind of asked myself that same thing. Uh, and what it comes down to me is money. It seems like money is the end-all be-all. And it's not the money they were giving to us. It was the money that they were sending overseas that's going to get funneled back through shell companies and um, non-for-profits. And it's just dark money. And it's coming right back. I'm afraid uh, when Catherine Fitz talks about a new system being in place, I'm afraid that we have lost the ability to install people that will actually consider the will of us governed. I'm actually really afraid of that. Money changes people. It does. I look at a I look at AOC and I'm not an AOC fan. Right. Um but when she first started out, she was begging her constituents to pay her way to Washington, D.C. because she did not have enough money to get there to be sworn in. Correct. And now how much is she worth? Right. I mean, and she she makes, what, $171,000 a year, and then starting next year they gave themselves a big pay raise. Um, is, it, is it funny to you or is it angering to you, I should say, that – in these bills, they worry about giving American people $600. So a mother and a father got 1200 bucks with kids. Um, does it bother you that they're worried about paying them that, but yet they're looking at over $50,000 raise for themselves? Oh, it bothers the snot out of me. It let them give up their paychecks while we have to give up ours. Correct. This about pandemic has caused so many businesses and so many people to lose their jobs, not have any money. Their homes are being foreclosed on. Thousands of people are being put out on the streets. They have no place to go. And our politicians are sitting up there in Washington, D.C. in their cush little chairs and making all of these policies and all of these laws and all of this legislation and giving themselves themselves money that we, the people, should demand that their salaries should go to us until they make the proper changes. I agree. Um, I think that it's starting to come to light. I think people are starting to see um, some of this debauchery that's going on, in particular uh, Ukraine. They did a really good job of snuffing out the video over here, but Ukraine actually came on TV and said, Biden's, we want our money back. Um, the IMF gave the Ukraine a bunch of money. And in so doing, they gave it to the big banks. The big banks were owned, a lot of them, by one guy. He filed bankruptcy on those monies, moved all the money to the Cayman Islands, except for $25 million that he gave to the Clinton Foundation and saddled the back with $17, $17 billion, excuse me, um, <clears throat> on the Ukrainian people. And now it's came out after their investigators did it that the money that was allowed to get out to these big companies was funneled back into the Bidens and Devin Archer, uh, which is, uh, what's his name from Utah? Romney's boy. Um, and then Heinz also. 
So what, the American what people are, are starting to see how this financial system works. One of the biggest things that I'm seeing is there's a six, over $65 billion a year industry going on right now that a lot of people do not want to listen about because it's uncomfortable, and that is human trafficking. Um, I say that not because I'm a, a part of anti-human trafficking and what I do for your did for a living when I was not retired is the Biden crime family. And I call them that because that's exactly what they are. And creepy Joe, they are heavily involved in human trafficking. Yes, It has been proven. That's over a $65 billion a year industry. And we on my side can only save 1% of those that go missing. 1%. Well, you know, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Haiti and mm-hmm. the children that went missing. And uh, this is how dirty our system is. You know, when it comes to these big politicians, it happens. Literally, human trafficking is probably the humans themselves are the number one commodity in the world at this point. And in Haiti with the Clinton Foundation, they got literally billions of dollars in charity from the American people. They gave it to a couple of people down there, one being um, Hillary Rodham's brother, Tony Rodham, which started the company. And then that all moved up to gold. But Laura Silsby was a woman that was working down there, supposedly with a Baptist charity. They gave her the money. They caught her once with like 38 kids. They gave her a slap on the wrist. They caught her again with 42 more kids. Bill Clinton himself hired a attorney out of Honduras that came over and represented Laura Silsby. They gave her a slap on the wrist. I think it was 18 months probation. She comes back over here, and this is this is the truth, so help me God, mm-hmm. that Hillary Clinton gave her the job of the, uh, what do they call it, um, where you can help. put the kids on the, the Amber Alert system. Laura Silsby, the one that was trafficking children, became the head of that system in America appointed by Hillary Clinton. That is exactly what Biden is doing right now, filling his cabinet. Yes. Is every person that is anti-American, for example, uh, anti-Second Amendment, I forget who he put in for... um, head of the ATF, uh, but he is 100% anti-Second Amendment. He put in, for Planned Parenthood, an individual who is 110% for not just abortions, but after-term abortions, that it is okay up to two weeks to kill a newborn baby. Correct. He also put in uh, Tom Vislak, for the USDA chief, and Tom Vislak ran Monsanto. Monsanto, yes. Now, Monsanto is heavily involved in the lab meat projects. Um, and remember, remember, if you're an elitist, you want to control food, you want to control health, and you want to control education. If you control those three things, you've got anybody. And Tom Vislak is one of the most dirtiest people that you've ever made, uh, met. I'll give you an example. Monsanto had a bunch of sludge, you know, toxic waste that they needed to get rid of. It was going to cost them about $21 million to get rid of this toxic waste. So what they did is he made a couple of calls to some politicians and they dumped it into the Mississippi River. And in turn, they were fined $11 million by the federal government, which literally he got a bonus for because it saved the company $10 million. I have a feeling that this country is in for hell week for the next two weeks. The next 13 days is going to be very interesting. Then the whole year of 2021 is, in my opinion, going to be terrifying. Um, we need to wrap this up. Um, I want to thank thank you, Jeremy, for being on my show tonight. Um, tell us where we can find you so we can listen more to you. Well, thank you very much. You guys can find me on Spreaker. I try to do it live every day. I don't always get it done, but I try. Five o'clock Central, Unleashed, Jeremy Hansen. 
Uh, all the other places, iHeartRadio, iTunes, those places you can go. But if you want it live, it's got to be on Spreaker. Or you can go to UJHLive.com. That's U-J-H, Unleash Jeremy Hansen, live.com. I had a great time. Thanks for bringing me on. Oh, no problem. And you guys, if you go to Jeremy's show, to the live show, there's a chat room in there. We have a blast in there. We not only talk to Jeremy, who is touchable. He is not one of these guys that you can listen to and you cannot talk to. He actually talks to the people in the chat, and that's important to people. I love it. I love it. I've actually gotten some very close friends from doing that, and and it's great. That's awesome. Well, that ends the broadcast for me tonight, everybody. Thank you for joining me around my campfire. And remember, train hard, train smart to survive, thrive, and stay alive. This is Kate signing off until next time.